0: Yo, mate. Log one. Yes, brother. How you doing, man? Alright. Never use Zoom in my life. Can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, yeah I
1: can. Yeah, got you. <laughs> Sorted. I'm recording this at the moment, so um. Yeah. Just so you know, <laughs> is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Alright. Yeah. How you doing, man? Considering. I'm all right. I'm a bit stressed. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> I bet i do not even know where to um, like begin. <coughs> basically, I, I, uh, I'm probably going to do something. There was a rock climbing video called, like, The Most Hated Rock Climber, and it done really well. And I was like, Let's oh, oh maybe, maybe the most hated urban climber. And then <laughs> about how the UK government hates you, basically. Yeah. So something like that. So I'm going to get your whole story that's not a good title though <laughs> <laughs> why not because then because then everyone's gonna think i'm the most hated cunt in the world <laughs> yeah that's how you get them a click and then they watch the video and they're like oh this guy's sick <laughs> yeah maybe put like most crazy
0: farmer or something
1: we'll figure something oh. out what? But
0: no, <laughs>
1: <enough>. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll figure something out but i think um like why the UK government are trying to arrest this climber, or like the the most hated climber is good because it's intriguing, and uh, people will watch it and be like, "Oh shit, he's cool." So I'm obviously not gonna. The idea my my uh, angle will obviously be this guy's doing crazy stuff, it's sick, and yeah. the government are trying to penalise him. So that's gonna be my angle. So people will watch the video. Well, of course. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think I just ask you like everything and then yeah we'll work it out (laughs) so do you want to introduce yourself who you are where you're from how old you all that sort of stuff uh i'm adam i'm from manchester i'm 20 21 and i like climbing things (laughs) nice 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 how did you get into climbing um when i was like 15
0: i left i left school when i was 15 and i stayed in my room 24 hours a day and played xbox and one day i just decided to go out and do stuff and the first thing i ever did was climb a 200 foot chimney the first Damn. thing i ever did so do you do parkour uh i wouldn't say i'd do it i I'm with people that do it i train but i don't actively train
1: Got you, like you. know. so that that 200 foot chimney where was that oh uh, that was in my hometown in wigan how did you come across it? Was there someone that like told you about it?
0: I think, at, so this chimney's completely abandoned and the, the building that it's on, it was like a hot spot for like kids in school and just anyone just to go and fuck around and I heard about it, so I thought, why not? And was it a big ladder or like what was the climb? Uh, it's a ladder on the inside and it's pitch black and then you come out of the hatch at the top and you can just see everything. That's sick.
1: So what was that feeling like? Like you'd probably never done anything like it. And the first time you go out, was that like? Is it memorable?
0: I think that's the most memorable thing I've ever done. Just because it was the first thing. And for the first thing I ever did, it was quite a big thing at the time. And looking back, it's like the feeling I got back then is just, I don't know. It was that. It was that good feeling. And then everything else was just sort of,
1: it just got just cuz i got used to it. i just got used to it really quick so we, was it quite like high adrenaline like your hands were shaking that kind of vibe no
0: adrenaline i don't think i've ever got adrenaline climbing anything only when i'd slip or things don't go right and then you get a rush of but that's that's about it i've never really but the, even the first time i didn't really get anything it just
1: sort of felt it was just fun that's it that's sick. So who was that with? Do you say it was on your own? Uh, that was on my own.
0: That's uh, crazy, dude. Know. So
1: like before that, you were just playing games and you weren't doing anything so, like that.
0: So I left school when I was 15 or like early 15s. And then I didn't have any aspirations. I didn't I didn't like my family. I didn't like school. I was I was a, pretty much a loner. So I just sort of sat on my Xbox and played 24 hours a day. And, one day I just got bored of
1: it (laughs) (laughs) damn that's a crazy thing to just go and do like you know know. (laughs) doing nothing like it so what what was the um was there like a video you watched inspired because like I just wouldn't think to go and do that you know what was the there actually wasn't so at the time I didn't watch any any you know
0: those like mega viral videos of people climbing cranes like back in the day and (laughs) Obviously, the James Kingston videos were really, really big at the time, but at the time, I'd never seen anything like it. And then when I did it, I, I joined a few Facebook groups about like exploring abandoned buildings, and then I'd sort of seen one and started them watching it.
1: So what kind of year was that when you did that first climb? 20, uh,
0: 2016, late 2016.
1: Okay, yeah, so that would maybe,
0: have... Been... Maybe early 2017, I can't remember.
1: So, the climbing community was kind of popping. Like, that was probably its era, but you were, you were somewhat oblivious to it. Completely. People don't, <laughs> people don't believe me. Like,
0: I genuinely didn't used to watch any of those videos. And then I started doing it, and then I started watching the videos.
1: That's so interesting. Oh. That's crazy. So, before we get like more into that, you were sort of saying about your background, your upbringing. What was that kind of like? What was growing up in Manchester like? Um, I'd say I grew up pretty normal
0: in terms of like having a normal family and normal I don't know but I was like really high ADHD and I just couldn't behave myself in school and um so it, it pretty much went from me being a normal kid and then me being ADHD to fuck and then me being depressed so that's hey. like this. and then now I'm
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> and did you find that the climbing was it something that kind of helped with maybe you like ADHD or depression or something?
0: So when I first went in that building and did the chimney I would I would go to that building nearly every day for like a year or something or like however long it was um uh, just going in looking around taking pictures every day because that was the only thing I had that was it I don't know
1: it I don't know. It just made life seem okay. Damn, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how things can be like that. That like you just find this random fucking thing and it happens yeah. to be that for you. Just out of nowhere, changes your whole life. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, you do this first climb, and then what do you get? Do you go and do another one? You're doing the same one quite a lot.
0: So, I I, I sort of stuck to this building because the building's not high. But it's it's a, it's like a paper mill. Obviously, the chimney's two hundred foot um so I sort of stayed on there did everything on there and then I sort of went in the town center and started doing other little bits and then I went to Manchester sort of for the not for the first time but for the first time to climb on anything and it just sort of spiraled out of control from there
1: <laughs> what's Manchester like for climbing I've never been
0: uh it used to be good and now it's not
1: <laughs> no <Nah>, right <laughs>
0: <Because> <laughs> okay we, we we pretty much did everything you could possibly do And now there's another group that are now doing what's new, what's been built. And I can't do that at the minute. So
1: We'll we'll get into that in a minute. Who was your group that you started climbing with? Who were the people? Um,
0: The first one I went, first lad I went with on my first roof in Manchester was a lad that had a YouTube channel that just explored abandoned buildings. And that actually does pretty well now. Um, And then once I posted those pictures, obviously I put up the hashtags like Rooftop and stuff like that and all the other people sort of saw it and started chatting and eventually we had like six or seven of us that would regularly go out and do stuff and then it got to a point where everyone just started peeling off one by one and it was just me and, I can't say his name, but it was just me and Thingy just still doing it.
1: Why can't you say his name? Uh,
0: because... <laughs> Well, he's anonymous on Insta, and he's
1: like, really okay.
0: paranoid about paranoid about police and stuff. So,
1: would I would I
0: know him? Rooftop Kings,
1: Rooftop Kings. I'll look yeah. up in a bit. Let me have a quick look. At it. Okay. I'll, I'll just
0: call, I'll just call him RTK.
1: <laughs> RTK. So, uh, and when did content come into it? So, like, when did you start filming and taking photos? So, when I did the chimney, I didn't
0: have a camera I didn't have a GoPro or anything and uh, I think when I started watching the videos I thought why can't I just do that I'm doing this anyway I might as well so, so I bought the shittest GoPro you could possibly get <laughs> did the chimney again like it was my first time made a whole video out of it and then that was just the start of my YouTube Must sort of my first video
1: how long have you been doing YouTube? Uh,
0: four years a couple months ago I think
1: Damn, okay, I want just give me
0: 2018. A I posted my first video on my 17th birthday.
1: Yeah, because I went through your YouTube and I watched, like, the, the ones with the most views and stuff, and they were out in... I try to remember where, but it was, like... Was it Dubai?
0: My most views in
1: Dubai, and then the second-most views in Croatia, I think. Video- so when did you start travelling? So, just to get a timeline, then, it was 2016, you kind of got into it, and then you start... Climb of Rooftop Kings is that still 2016?
0: Uh, I met Rooftop Kings in 2018. Got you 2018. And then when do you start going abroad for it? Uh, the first time I went abroad for this was 2019 in okay.
1: June. And then the world shut down. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went. I went probably five countries before COVID and then COVID started and then once I can't remember how it worked out I think when COVID was sort of slowing down and everyone could sort of travel again if you had like documents and stuff Did you hear that?
1: Yeah what the fuck was that? That
0: that was Rooftop Kings in his car (laughs) Amazing (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck was I saying? Oh yeah Um, So so when, when, when COVID sort of started toning down a bit and people could start traveling again with documents I went to 11 countries in six months and then I ended that with staying in Gran Canaria for eight months learning how to be a diving teacher just okay. just because I I couldn't be bothered with traveling during COVID because it was just a, just a piss take <laughs> yeah yeah it oh, was <laughs> and, and I didn't want to be in England either because the English COVID laws
1: were just ridiculous so sorry, sorry where were you so grand, canary. grand canary is that is it not the same rules is it not grand uh, it, oh yeah sorry i thought it was a british uh island damn so you had a pretty good setup for for lockdown yeah, then. <laughs> yeah, was all right, right. Right. yeah. but then not a lot of climbing going on there i'm gonna guess in grand canary i did a little bit like
0: there's not much to climb because it is an island and it's pretty shit well i did i yeah. did i did a, I did a
1: couple cranes and were you were you kind of bored in that time like when you were sort of taken uh, away from climbing?
0: Well, I was it I was learning how to dive so I was working every day and I, I loved diving so it was it was sort of another distraction really.
1: So what kept you from continuing just doing the diving what brought you back to climbing?
0: Um well the whole diving thing is is a very very long story but the diving center that I was working at um, the owners had like a problem with each other and they were sort of trying to involve me and I didn't want to be involved and well, I just thought I was left.
1: Politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Okay, that's mad. So then uh, then what, you come back to England after there or do you go to like Dubai from there? So I came back to
0: England, I came to London and I stayed with, you know, Jordan Howes? Yeah, how, yeah, I did. I, I, I lived with him for like, two, three weeks, and then um, I went up to back to Manchester and had a sort of place there that I stayed for. Interesting. And so yeah. you
1: so you kind of are, like, connected to the parkour world in, like, a way because there's a lot of them doing urbex and stuff like and that.
0: I, yeah, I know a good amount of people in the parkour community, but I understand that the parkour community and climbing community are not the same thing, and I never – and I, mm. I hate when people compare the two because they're just not mm. the same thing
1: yeah yeah it is like that's kind of been a long battle i think but it is interesting they are very closely linked like for sure there is such an overlap like i'd say every free runner has probably gone on a night mission yeah yeah so um yeah when did you start doing the crazier climbs you do the chimney and then when do you start doing more like cranes and when do you start hanging off them and stuff
0: um i was actually going through my instagram post yesterday for like my the first one just changing captions and doing everything because they're quite embarrassing the captions and um so i did my first roof in manchester started going out regularly doing other roofs and then i did my first crane i don't know if i did the crane before i did the building i can't remember but i did a crane it's probably 70 meters i thought it was massive i thought it was sick made a video on it and then the second crane i ever did was the tallest crane that's ever been in Manchester, which looking back is pretty ridiculous how that was my second crane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how does like, how do they vary when you climb a crane? Because in my head, it's sort of like once you're beyond a certain height, it's all the same, but is it not? Is it tight? Is it more tiring? Um, Well, there's different
0: types of cranes and there's different thicknesses of the bars and stuff, but generally it's pretty
1: much the same. Yeah. But then you, when did you get into doing more like actual sides of buildings? Because I feel like that's where you deviate from like your James Kingstons and your nightscapes. Yeah. Um,
0: I think the first building I ever officially free planned was, uh, was a building in Barcelona called Glory Tower. I think that was my first. I just can't remember. Yeah, there. That was my first. That was my first. Wait, I have a
1: list. That's all. So, I think. Was there a video of that one? So I feel like I saw that one.
0: Yeah. It was one I did barefoot with the glass panels that were like that. Let
1: me try and find it. Free. So, yeah. Hotel Arts 154 meters
0: barefoot. Yeah, that was the first. Oh, no, it wasn't. So, oh, there, is it?
1: Tori Agba?
0: Yeah, yeah that's, that's well, it's got two different names. Um, the first thing actually free climb was the tallest freestanding climbing wall in the world, which wasn't massive and it wasn't technical because at the time I wasn't really a good technical climber. Now I'm much better. Um, and then I did Glory's Tower and Hotel Arts and a few more. So do
1: you do rock climbing then?
0: Every day, well, I train climbing stuff every day, and I'm in the climbing gym three, day, three to four days a week for four-hour sessions.
1: Holy crap! So Be- what's uh, what level do you climb at? Uh,
0: my hardest indoor route is a V8, which I don't know what the the crossover is to like different grades because people use
1: different things. Yeah, uh, I understand but, V8. Yeah. More than That's wild. The hardest I've done is a V4. (laughs) I
0: brought I warm up on V4s. (laughs)
1: That's that's crazy to me. (laughs) And so how how long until like when did you get into like trying to finesse your climbing technique? Like when did you do that? Um
0: so when I did the ones in Barcelona and the other ones I've done in Denmark, France, and stuff like that, um I quickly realized that the buildings that i want to climb that are climbable are so much more harder physically Mm. so i just i just decided to dedicate my whole time to training because i I, when i was in paris two years ago there's a building called total and i want to i really want to climb this building and i did two floors and i was fucked. so that that's when i thought this isn't a joke and i wanted to take it seriously
1: Jesus. So you did a climb. Did you do a climb that you felt like you weren't actually ready for? Like you did it, but you were like, probably shouldn't have done that. No. Okay. There's
0: a there's a building in Barcelona called Sky Melia, which is the hardest building I've I've done, which I waited a year to do because I knew I wasn't ready. And when even when I did it, it was still the hardest climb I've ever done at the time. Oh, okay. Now now I'd probably piss off it, but <laughs>
1: So, you, do you consider so, what you do to be taking risks or do you see it as more calculated?
0: Uh, I feel like it's the same as everything. If you train for something and you understand the risk, and you do everything you can to prepare for the risk, the risk isn't there. Obviously, no. it's still, still there, but the more you do, the less present it is.
1: So, is there any building out there right now that you're looking at, like, I want to be able to do that, but I can't do that yet, I'm not ready for it?
0: A lot of things,
1: <laughs> really.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a um, there's a few in Manchester that no one knows are climbable that I know are climbable. But it's like I I look at buildings in different ways to people, so I'll work out a way to get up a building that someone will look at and think that's not possible. How are you doing that? And then I'll show them, and they're like, "Oh, okay." Damn.
1: So, because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, like it's it's almost. The impressiveness of what you're doing almost probably overshadows maybe the technicality. Like, to me, I just see a guy high up. That's scary enough, but I'm not thinking, like, what is the actual grade of climb and how hard is the climb? What would you grade some of the climbs you've done, like the highest, if you were to just guess? The thing with
0: climbing buildings is it's 90% of the time it's the same movement over and over and over again. So that one movement could be a V3. In terms of difficulty, but then you have to do that over and over and over again for hundreds of meters, which is why it makes it difficult. But, yeah, I don't know.
1: How long long is the longest you've been on a a building face, like climbing it?
0: 45 minutes,
1: which was my my most recent building in Paris. Oh, my word. (laughs) (laughs) And do you feel like when you're at the top, are you like, fuck, I'm knackered?
0: So I'll give you an example. When I did Skymelia, I got to the top, my arms were, I was finished. I, I, I reckon if that building was t- 30 metres higher, I would have been completely done, completely done. But when I, got to, when I got to the top, I knew I was tired, but I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about the fact that I've put this off for so many years and the fact that I've actually trained for it and I've just done it. It just overwhelmed me. And I just sort of, I started crying, bro. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs>
1: Damn! So it was such a, it was such a like you'd planned that climb for so long. Yeah. It meant a lot to you. Yeah, and I
0: and I have also watched someone try and climb it and fail and had to get rescued. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm not what gonna happened? say I'm not gonna yeah. say his name, but basically this guy. I don't know. How, I don't know how much I want to say because I don't like this guy. <laughs> <But> basically, <laughs> basically, there's people that want to do things. Because they think it's cool and they want to have a a rush. I think this is one of those guys. And he, you know, like them Instagram videos that you watch where it's like inspirational videos that say, oh, you can do this, put your mind to anything, things like that. He literally sat there in the day watching those videos, thinking he could climb this building, got not even halfway up. And then he was like, no, I can't do it. And so basically this building's like steel bars that go up. There's like four bars. And then you could put your foot behind it and sort of put the pressure. And behind the bars is really sharp. And I've got a picture of all of my arms cut up from when I did it. And I had gloves on. But when he did it, he didn't tape up his fingers properly, if at all. And uh, his hands were just cut up and he couldn't continue. So they had to cut the metal bars and let him in the building.
1: Holy fuck, man. Was this yeah. over on the news? And, and I,
0: I think that was another moment where I realised this is not a joke.
1: Was that all over the news? I'm sure it was at the time, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I could maybe search to find, like, if, if you were to guess what I need to search? Uh, That's so wild. Sky Amelia Prime. Um. Mm. Maybe, like, the name of the building, the town. Sky Sky Amelia. Sky Amelia. Oh yeah, yeah. This guy maybe a climber. Might have to type it. In Spanish. Uh, I do have pictures of everything as well. Yeah, man. If you could send me that, that'd be amazing. <laughs> That's quite an insane story in and of itself. Um. All right, cool. I'll I'll make a note of that and then yeah. I can get it off you. So, yeah. Damn, there's so much to ask. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, go go for it, bro.
1: So okay, like. All right. Firstly, I want to get into maybe the mentality because, like, that's there must be something in you that's pushing you to do this because I would never do this. <laughs> and yeah. I like doing risky things. Well, you know, I like doing things that scare me, well, but that's the thing, another level.
0: I think what's interesting about what you just said, you do like roller skates and stuff. I don't want to do that because, because I feel like if I do that, I'm going to snap my ankle. Just, <laughs> I'm, I just feel like I'm going to injure myself in some way that's just not worth the risk. Dang. I, I, I like roller skating I think it's sick
1: but I don't but you don't like feel that with climbing you don't feel that same fear no no
0: Dude. The, the only thing I feel when I want to do a climb is this is what I want to do this is what I need to do it and I'm going to do it like so you know you know the climb I'm going to do next all I can think about every single day with everything I do is that
1: what is that climb you were saying about it shard <laughs> Jesus dude. So okay. I suppose we should probably get into like the uh, the legal stuff. Um yeah. all right, so okay, when did you start having trouble with what's what's your situation right now?
0: <laughs> okay, so when I started climbing in Manchester, I had maybe a year where I was doing my thing with no legal consequences. What obviously I got arrested a couple of times and stuff like that, but that didn't mean anything, and I was just doing it. And then one day I got a letter from Manchester Council saying, please, can you stop climbing? And at the time, and still now to some, to some extent, I'm sort of like, if someone tells me not to do something, I'll just, I'll just do it. And I'll do it on purpose because they told me not to do it. Even mm. my, my, I'll get into this later, but my solicitor that's doing this case has asked me to see a, a psychiatrist because he thinks I've got oppositional defiance disorder which basically means if anyone tells me not to do something, I'll fucking focus on it and I want to do it.
1: Wow.
0: Which is really really hard because the only things I want to do are things I'm not allowed to do.
1: (laughs) Dang. Why do you think that is? What? Why do you think you have that kind of like desire to do things people tell you not to? I don't know. Honestly, I I have no
0: idea. Sometimes I wish I didn't because it's... It just causes problems.
1: (laughs) How old are you? 21. Hmm. Interesting. 21 June. Yeah. I mean, I, I, not to anywhere near the extent that you're explaining it, but I have a similar thing. Like if someone take the whole, uh, you know, the pandemic, all that sort of stuff, just the pure fact that like you being told to do stuff made me resent it. And it was like, I have that same thing. It's like being pushed back up against the wall, isn't it? School. I think that's what I did it school
0: and my parents constantly telling me you can't do this you can't do that in school saying you have to do this this way or you you know what I mean and sort of that just festered and made me just decide I don't want to take orders off people and I don't want to let people stop me doing what I want to do
1: do you feel do you ever feel annoyed when you see someone like alex honold being like championed as a hero for what he does, and then your situation—you're doing a similarly uh, technical and hard thing, yet you're being penalized for it.
0: No, if if Alex was doing what I what I'm doing, which is climbing cranes and climbing buildings, which he's he has done a couple but all like with permission and stuff. But I feel like with with Alex specifically, he's he's a world-class rock climber and and everyone sort of instantly understands that he is capable of what he's done and why he's done it. So I feel like if someone sees me climbing a building, they're going to think, oh, what an idiot, he's climbing a building. What's what's he thinking? But if they see him climbing, climbing, obviously what he did, they're going to think, wow, that's amazing, straight away.
1: Yeah, maybe there's just more understanding and more respect of the skill level. And whereas people maybe tie in like reckless daredevil acts to what you do. Whereas probably the early rock climbers were probably a similar kind of, probably seen in a similar light. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's it's a weird, so, okay, with the legal stuff, then you were having issues in Manchester. Uh, You want to just elaborate on that? Then,
0: So I got the first letter I got was from Manchester council. And then they basically said, um, we've seen what you're doing in Manchester. Can you please stop? Um, That's pretty much it. And obviously I was this reckless kid at the time and I set fire to the letter and posted it on my story and tagged them, like, basically, fuck you. So they sent me another letter saying, please, can you stop or we'll make this go further? Did the same thing. And then they said, if you don't stop, we'll take you to court. And at the time, I didn't understand anything about court. I didn't know what they could do. I didn't know anything about it. And then when I was in court and I got a three-year civil injunction, which basically means if I climb anything without permission, if I trespass on any land, if I jump on the back of any buses or anything, or do anything like that, I'll, um, I could go to prison. Or I could get a fine. Right. Which, bas- which basically makes all the civil offences I was committing criminal. Which is such a blow.
1: <laughs> how, yeah, I just don't understand the law well enough, but how can they do that? Do you know how they can do that? Like, because if it's a civil offence, surely, surely they, the civil people, have to sue you. You know,
0: so Civilians. It's it's a civil offence, but they had evidence of me doing this constantly and doing so much different stuff, and they basically, so they 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 have to apply for the injunction. It's just like I'm not gonna say it. So they applied for the injunction on me with ten conditions, which is. Basically, like, don't climb scaffolding, don't climb buildings, don't enter any property. I can't even wear a mask outside legally because it hides because it hides my face. What? So
1: really? You could?
0: Ridiculous. So you were able to say that? Ridiculous. Um, so they had evidence of me doing everything, and um, obviously pictures and stuff. And they contacted like site managers for like crane sites and asking them what they've had to do with like security when we've been in a place and basically got witness statements off loads of people. They even involved my mum, and my mum sort of ganged up on me with the council to get this put on me. So it's, um, it's
1: yeah. <laughs> so does it sort of feel like everyone's kind of battling you for what you just want to go and do? Constantly. Every single day, I
0: just think, every every single day, I wake up and think, Every single person's against me. Every single person wants to see me fail. Every single person wants to see me dead, pretty much. That's what it feels like. Mm. And i was just being honest, bro.
1: Yeah, I get it. What... Not, not,
0: not everyone. Obviously, the people that I surround myself with don't. But it mm. seems like pretty much everyone just doesn't want to see me do anything.
1: What do you think they see it as from their perspective? Like, when they see you, what do you think they're thinking? I think they think
0: it's dangerous, obviously, obviously it's dangerous and reckless. And Well, I wouldn't say it's reckless. Some of the things I've done in the past, definitely reckless. But now the things that I want to do now that I have been doing, I plan for and I train for and I think about how it's going to work. Think about I think about everything. So I agree in the past I was reckless and now I'm not. But it's just about convincing people. That's that's the way I'm trying to do, it. and it's very very hard to convince a council and judges that I'm trying to change when they have all this evidence
1: of me doing all that other stuff. What was some of the other stuff? If you don't mind me asking, the more reckless stuff.
0: So, reckless stuff. I mean, like climbing cranes in the middle of the day, getting you know, police call on me. So, uh, I surfed the bus with my mate in the middle of like the busiest bus station in Manchester and got like chased by a gang and shit um there's like people screaming and stuff like oh, that stuff like that it's just it's just dumb but obviously at the time mm. it was it was quite fun um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um yeah it's pretty it's just stupid stuff like that really
1: so is that the uh, the reason for your name
0: uh well when i was making a youtube channel when i started making content i was just thinking of what to call myself and i was just looking at like synonyms of words i can't remember what the word was a nuisance was just there and i thought nuisance yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, a great, yeah, it's a it, great name it, it. It's it's just came
1: out
0: of nowhere yeah yeah came out of nowhere.
1: so you just come out of court then recently can you talk about that a little bit
0: so so with this injunction i've breached it i think on record like 12 times or something ridiculous and each breach i can get to 12 weeks in prison and i've breached it 12 times so i breached it the first times like blatantly posting on social media everything like i didn't give a fuck when when i was at a really low point and um they took me to court for that, and I got a suspended sentence for two years, which expired, like, a month ago. And now I've got more breaches that they found out about and that they're pro- trying to prosecute me for. And um, the last time I was in court, the, my lawyer basically said, the first thing he said was, Manchester Council want you in prison, and they're, they're applying for you to go to prison. I thought, great. But, like... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just don't mm. see how, I
1: don't know. So what's the situation right now then? So right now I have the Manchester Council case, which
0: they're applying for my commitment to prison for however long. I have no idea. Genuinely, I have no idea how long. Um, and I have, obviously I'm going to have the shard case when I do that because that's illegal and that's also a breach of my injunction. And I've got another case, um, a criminal case, which was when I was very, very desperate to get money to defend myself in court. Because if you've got no money, you can't defend yourself. You just get fucked. Mm. And I was I was genuinely so low and just so desperate that I stole a few things. So
1: oh, <laughs> just
0: just just to try and help pay for the thing. But that that even that didn't even work out.
1: Mm. So do you ever like think, you know, you're living so You're doing so much and you're experiencing so much. Do you ever think you're you're trying to pack it into too short of a time? Because you've got a whole life that you can experience then. I was definitely
0: had a couple of years where I thought I need to do everything now before I can't. I need to do everything now. I need to say that again. Bro, my head just fucking fell off. Right. (laughs)
1: It's all good. (laughs)
0: Um. So I, I was just thinking I need to do everything now. I need, I've i not got much time, blah, blah, blah. And then I've sort of slowly sort of realised that I do have time and I need to take my time
1: mm. to
0: practice things and train for things. And these things aren't going anywhere. So it's just, no. you
1: know. But what do you think? I mean, I, I don't think you're thinking about it right now, but what do you think of the future? Like, are you just in the moment right now? Or are you thinking where are you going to be five, ten years? right now uh with everything that's going on i'm a bit
0: all over the place and i just think when i when i climb this building whatever comes next is just extra and so i'm just going to try and make the most of it what does climbing the shard mean to you then so obviously with all the injunction stuff and them trying to basically stop me doing the only thing i've ever found that's made me feel anything I feel like it's not only a statement to say, this is what I'm, this is who I am, this is what I want to do. It's also pers- a personal thing, because obviously it's the tallest building in in the UK. Um, only one person's ever done it. And when I do it, I very much doubt anyone's ever going to do it again because the consequences are either going to be too high or they're going to secure it too much or whatever. So I think now is my chance before I won't be able to ever do it. And it's also a chance for me to promote the causes that I want to promote, like mental health stuff, because obviously I'm, I'm struggling massively and I just want to help other people. Because obviously when you climb the shard, everyone's going to know about it. So if everyone knows about it, I can draw attention to this one thing. So it's not, it's, the, the climbing the building is for me, but the reaction and what everyone sees is for everyone else if that makes sense.
1: Sweet. Okay, so I just wanted to go back onto the causes that you're, you're concerned about and you're wanting to raise awareness on.
0: So, obviously, not just in this country, but all over the world, men's mental health is pretty much looked over and not thought about, and I'm sure you can agree. Um, and I feel like with my personal experiences with everything, I want to show that people can even if even if you're in this dark place where you don't think you're going to get out you can still do good things and you can still help yourself and you can still be be better and i feel like that message is just the only thing i need to uh, it's it's the thing that i want to
1: support because it's mm. it's just personal to me and i know it affects a lot of people as well that's awesome man that you've got such a you yeah, want to do something you know because you could as you say you could just do it for a selfish reason that's like i just want to experience this thing you know it's going to cause a load of bother but you you, you want to do it for something bigger than that which i think's yeah that's really cool i I did a similar thing in uh paris on my
0: last one i had a a t-shirt on for men's mental health and obviously i dedicated the whole post to my story and everything like that so it's just going to be pretty much similar to that but on a scale 100 times bigger with full production and full i'm gonna have a fundraiser and i'm gonna i'm gonna have everything now
1: that's sick man so when are you doing this
0: uh potentially next week if the weather if the weather holds up the only problem is i live in manchester and i can't predict the weather soon enough to like plan it properly so if the weather's good mid next week it'll be sunday
1: so what, what is your deadline? Like when's the last date you'll have to be able to do it, do you think? Or...
0: So I'm in court on the 13th of September. or I should be in court on the 13th of September. So if the weather's not good, I am going to miss court, which is not good, but I'm, it, it, I'm going to do it either way. So <laughs> it, man. Damn, man.
1: It, it sucks because it's like, I obviously admire what you do and i think it's like a, amazing but it's just horrible that you know you got all this shit over your over your head it just feels unfair like you can i can understand in a way like you know obviously they don't want people doing this but to go so heavy on someone almost just I, to yeah
0: i understand where they're coming from obviously if i had a, a son and he was doing stupid shit like that i would think the same thing like don't do that but now, if if I had a son that's doing what I'm doing now, I would think, "All right, that's not the same thing, and it's 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 a better thing, and it's going to help other people as well." So I w- I would understand, but they are just focused on red. Like, no, you can't do this.
1: Mm. It's just such a tricky one because it's like, yeah, like you can see their perspective, but their perspective just—it's just a shame, you know. It's like. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of... I know it's, it is the private like, property. It's like their opinion
0: is based on what I've done in the past and what I'm doing now isn't the same and they're not changing their opinion. No matter what I say, no matter what I tell them, no matter no matter what, they're just not going to...
1: They don't... They just don't care. So why have you... Why have you chose to stay in England and not go live just different countries and stuff? Um, People. Yeah. Well, people and
0: consistency i think because it's like obviously where i'm where i'm from and the people that i know are all here and obviously i know people in loads of different countries but obviously and it's more expensive if i was gonna go travel like i currently at the minute i don't have a, a sustainable constant income and i'm sort of just focused on this one thing so everything's sort of on hold
1: so is there a part of you that kind of wishes like, you know, just theoretically that you'd stuck with the the clip, the diving and stuff, because that would have obviously been, you know, like less illegal. <laughs> oh. No, yeah.
0: I love diving. If, if, if someone says to me, if, when I'm traveling, like, do you want to go diving? I'm going to say yes. hundred percent of the time, no matter what I love diving so much, but, with climbing, and what I want to do now is—it's just—it takes over my whole everything about me. Just takes over, and I just don't want to give up. I can't give so, up. So,
1: so it is like your purpose, like what you are putting literally, here
0: for. Literally, I I feel like, and I've said this to the council, and I've said this to all my solicitors that I've ever had. I've said, if I didn't do what I do, and I didn't have the dedication and the passion and the the ability to do what I do, I'd probably be dead.
1: It's
0: just the way it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's
0: deep, bro. It's deep.
1: No, I find it's, I'm i glad that you're uh, you're able yeah, to talk I, about it, man. I ain't, ain't going to lie, bro. <laughs> this yeah, is what it's yeah. about,
0: bro. This is what it's about. Men don't know how to speak up about shit. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is really hard awesome for me to
0: do. Or if this makes
1: other people do it and essentially save people's lives, then I'm going to do that. No, I appreciate you uh, being open, man, because that's what I want with this video. I want to just try and accurately tell your story and say what's going on. And it's like, you you know, it's hard to be so open about something like that. But I'm glad glad you're doing it because it's uh, it's, it's people probably only really like me originally. I only really saw like pictures of what you're doing. But there'll be a good percent, I'm sure, that read what you write and all that. But there will be just people that just see the pictures. And so it's so interesting to know the whole story as to why you do it and what the the messages behind it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, okay, let's say best case scenario. What is the best case scenario out of this legal stuff?
0: The best case scenario is. I won't go to prison and i'll maybe get fine, or i can't get put on tag because technically i'm homeless like i live in a van so technically i'm homeless they can't put me on tag they can't put me on house arrest um the best case scenario is i don't go to prison and i just get like a community service order or like i have to go to what's it called like where you go and check in like every day and something like that. That's the, that's the best thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen, obviously, is go, I go to prison. Mm. I think that, I think the most I'll go to prison for everything combined is a year max.
1: <laughs> that's at, ridiculous. A,
0: a year and a half at the very most. Mm. But I, I have no idea. Not, not one single clue.
1: Have you spoke to um, Shard Climber like about,
0: yeah, I, I was good friends with George like, before he even did
1: the Shard. We did a, yeah. did a lot of friends in Manchester and did a few other bits. So did you speak about like, him going to jail and that? Uh,
0: I've, spoke, I've spoken to him about like, obviously how jail was, but not, not recently. And I haven't, I've also not asked him like, anything about the Shard because I want it to sort of be my experience without basically taking a blueprint off him and not having it be my thing, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so so what the method that he took to get to the point where you climb isn't the way that I'm going to go, I'm going to go a completely different way, and obviously, so, I'm going to film it more. And obviously, it's for this big cause, and it's going to be a documentary and a, a full video and everything.
1: What is the process of planning one of these climbs because obviously, you can only look at it from the ground, it's not like rock climbing where you can wear ropes and you can go up and no. test things. What is the process? Um, so with the shard. The point where you start,
0: so the shards basically, the bottom of the shard is these big beams that go to the floor, which are like four stories high. And then the point where you can climb is past that. So you need to figure out a way to get on top of the train station roof to then run across and then get to the climb. And I've mapped out two different ways to do it. And I just need to go to London and look at everything properly and figure out which one's the best.
1: But when you're like actually just going up, like how can you know what that's gonna be like when you're just staring at it from the ground? Um
0: I think it's just like just the same way if you look at like a, a rock climbing route, you sort of know how your body's gonna work and you sort of know how tired you're gonna be at certain points and what what how what positions you need to use. But with someone like the shard, it's, it's very simple. It, I wouldn't even say it's difficult but there's so the start point to like 240 meters to the viewing platform is the same all the way up and it's pretty easy it's basically just this and then you get so i've mapped out two different ways and i'll I'll send you all this i think i sent you already but so there's basically you can carry on on the one that you're doing which is so much more difficult than the rest of it and it's also slippy from what i've heard or you can go you sort of cross full width span cross to another one, go this slanted bit, jump across, and then go. It's it's it gets a bit a bit complicated. That's that's the only thing I'm stressed about is that top bit because I really want to get to the top, like the very tippy top point. Oh,
1: dude. <laughs> Are you scared?
0: I wouldn't say scared. I'm say I, I would say I'm more just focused on like legal stuff really
1: how are you gonna when you go and do it how are you gonna be able to do that climb and keep a clear head what, what what's your sort of plan with that are you good at controlling uh, your mind in that situation
0: yeah so when i did the my most recent one in paris which is 152 meters which is like a crack and you put your foot in and you don't have anything secure as quite it's it's not hard but it's just long and it sort of hurts your feet and stuff so for that the night before um obviously I ate a lot of food and felt tried making myself feel good I had a spliff I went to sleep I had the worst nightmare of my life and um I don't know if I told anyone this yet so I had a dream I'm, I'm, I'm in my hammock it's just I'm still homeless while I'm doing this climb I'm in my hammock I'm asleep and I have a nightmare that I'm climbing the building and I'm halfway up and for whatever reason I can't continue and I can't get down and I have to be rescued and in this dream, I'm getting rescued and I come out the front door and everyone that I know that was there is just laughing at me. And that freaks me out so much. Obviously, it didn't happen, but mm. it just sort of, I don't know why that happened. It just sort of put that image in my head that if you can't do this, it's just going to be a horrible experience.
1: But, but when you woke up to go do it, were you not feeling really negative from that dream? Though?
0: I was, yeah. So I woke up, had some food. Um went to the little park that's right outside the thing and I sort of chilled there for like three or four hours and waited for everyone to come and then everyone came everyone was talking Alexis was there um and I sort of just when everyone was there together knowing what's what I'm about to do it sort of just made it fine I don't know how to explain it Mm. everything was like really peak and then as everyone was there it just sort of slowed down and down and down and then when I got to the time when I was going to do it I was completely ready
1: that's so crazy dude I can't imagine the
0: headspace you're in when you're you're climbing that's the the only time that's happened
1: what's the uh like when you're climbing is there a moment when you get to a certain height where you're like well if I drop from here I'm fucked like is that a thought or do you just is it like a straight beeline line and you're just in a sort of physical flow sort of state um i don't think i don't think i've been on a climb where i've ever thought that all mm. i
0: all i think when i'm climbing is obviously right before i do it i'm thinking i've just repeating my head what i'm going to do how i'm going to do it how i'm going to get to the point and then it's pretty much the same thing with everything once you get on it and you get a little bit up no one can get you no one can get to it's only you that can carry on um and as soon as that point hits, I'm like, all right, this is, I'm ready. And I sort of stand, mm. usually I, I would sort of stand there a few meters up and think, this is going to be fine. I'm going to do this. And I've done it every time.
1: Blimey. Are you spiritual in any way or religious or anything? No. Just, no. yeah, fair enough. I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so crazy, dude. <laughs> I'm just so amazed by it, by what you do. <laughs> I um, I once climbed a crane. Uh, actually oh, a yeah. couple of times a couple of times <laughs> up the ladders you know like straight up a ladder and then i remember greg went out you know greg ball don't you yeah and he went out on the arms so like where he actually had to do yeah. like the there's a, a video right straight one or a, a one of the
0: results like, like
1: this yeah yeah. come on greg <laughs> yeah dude and i remember sitting there and i hated watching him do it like i yeah. I, w- I was fine with me being there doing what i was doing i wouldn't do anything risky um, yeah. But watching him, I just, I couldn't bear look at it. I was like, I just can't see my mate doing that. <laughs> Is it, that. I don't know. It's almost more anxiety watching someone else do it than doing it yourself.
0: Yeah, I agree. That That's similar to, uh, so, you know, I was on, well, I filmed a podcast with Jordan that hasn't come out yet because I wanted to do it again. And um, in, the, in the podcast, he literally said, oh no, no, it wasn't that one. He was talking about me in one of his podcasts with someone else. And he basically said, the first crane I ever did with Jordan, it was a, it was a straight one like this. And he said, in, in the podcast, he said, he, he turned around and just saw me dancing around, like, basically walking, speed walking across his crane like it was nothing. And he, and he just sort of looked at it like, wow, what is, what is this kid doing? And he thought that was crazy. And I was just on the crane, just walking about like I normally would, without a um. thought in
1: the world. <laughs> Have you ever <laughs> climbed a that. Stevia Labaka? Have you ever uh, climbed with Stevie Illabaka? No. Oh, man. I feel like you guys would get along really well. (laughs) um, So he's Danny Illabaka's brother. Danny Illabaka being like a famous free runner from back in the day. And, um, dude, I went on a roof mission with him, and he was a similar thing where he was like running around the edges of it and jumping on shit, and I was like just fucking shitting it. (laughs) That was actually – no, that was probably the scariest thing I've done because – I went with them and it was an abandoned, uh, no, it was a a place being demolished. So half of it was knocked out. So it was like these levels exposed and there was a a ladder that was just sitting around and Stebby finds the ladder and he takes it and then just places it against the first thing. So we go up because obviously it's the floor going up. We're like, all right, we'll go up. And then we look and then we go, oh, we could go one more up. But bearing in mind, so now it's like levels like this, right? Broken levels. Whereas the first one that's on the floor, it's fine. This one, it's like he, he grabs the ladder, pulls it up. And so the level we're on, there's probably like this much gap between the drop and like yeah. where we're putting the ladder. So the ladder's sitting there like that with the drop there. And Stevie's just holding it. And he goes, I go up first because obviously he wants to make it safe for me. And then yeah. he goes up on his own, no ladder support, where the ladder could just ping out and he'd go flying. And we do this for like three, four layers. And then we sneak past the like security there. And do it. honestly, that was probably the scariest fucking thing I've done.
0: So I think about ladders. The the tallest crane that's ever been in Manchester. What I thought was my second crane. um, About a year after I did that, it was still there, and it had just been taken down a little bit. So it wasn't at its max height of two fifty. It was like two twenty or something. And we knew the crane was going to come down, so we wanted to do it one last time. But so on cranes, you can either have just a ladder that goes up, which the obviously drivers use or if they're at a certain height they have bridges from the crane to the building mm, like yeah like, as high as they can they can put it and this this wasn't there anymore the beams were all sealed off we couldn't get onto the crane but so you know i've got the cabin and they have got the weight at the back
1: mm. the
0: weight was six foot away from the top of the building and we had a ladder so we put the ladder across in the rain to this oh, crane god And we sort of crawled, I've got a video of this as well, we crawled over it, it's 68 floors, we crawled over this ladder, got on this crane, did what we needed to do. The crane moved, because cranes move on their own with the wind, and this ladder is this far from falling off this building. It was ridiculous. If that ladder had fallen, we wouldn't have been able to get down without being caught
1: oh my god so would you say that was more like the reckless era for you that's yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, obviously i'd still do things like that if i needed to but i would obviously be more mindful of how i'm doing it and not yeah. sort of glorifying it as much
1: that's so crazy though man <laughs> i don't think that. So, i don't
0: think that video has ever been public either the video
1: me oh really well, I um yeah. i was gonna say so how does youtube work for you like with monetization or the lack None. of of or none are all your videos age restricted
0: uh they started to get age restricted recently um obviously every now and again one from the past will get age restricted or whatever i've had one or two removed um but it's pretty it's pretty fine i think
1: have you ever thought about doing like a patreon or something like that
0: i had a patreon it didn't really work it's hard yeah hard thing to do well it would have worked if i was consistent in posting but i just wasn't so i just didn't
1: yeah it is a tough thing to do Mm. I mean, one of the other things could be releasing like a long form piece of content and charging for that. Like, uh, you know, I was like,
0: thinking about doing that with the, with the Shard video, but it's obviously for this course. I don't really want to make it about making money.
1: No, nah, that's right. But maybe, maybe one in the future that could be a good way of monetizing it. Um, is there anything that you think I should ask that I haven't asked? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to hear a bit more about your living situation. So right now I live in, a, I live in my friend's van,
0: um, which is just parked in a car park. Um pretty, pretty chill. I, I did have a van two years ago that didn't have an engine that I lived in for like two weeks in a hammock. And it's pretty shit. <laughs> but now this is like a full, fully converted compromise. So it's pretty cool.
1: I've heard you slept, you've slept in like um, random fucking building sites and shit i've slept in the most
0: random places you could possibly think of i've slept in fucking weird
1: places (laughs) (laughs) well like tell me tell me your top two weirdest places top two Mm.
0: once in barcelona cathedral not the big one the the original one barcelona cathedral I slept in the main spire like at the top there's like a ring and then you can look down and see like everything and i slept in there in a sleeping bag when i was uh, doing the roof and that was horrible <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you actually um, fall asleep or?
0: yeah i slept for like three hours in a sleeping bag oh my word <laughs> if anyone goes in there there's a can of coke up there that i didn't have so if you want it <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: get it. If someone goes and gets that, I will give you 50 quid. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'll match it. There's um, £100 pounds for any man who finds yeah. cat.
0: <laughs> one of the worst places I ever slept was in Stratford in 2018. This was like one of the first times I ever come to London to, to do climbing. I slept in on the floor. <laughs> I slept on the floor of a disabled toilet in a uni building.
1: Oh, fuck me.
0: That was
1: peak. Yeah, I can only imagine. The the only good thing about it was
0: no one really used the toilet. It was clean and I could lock the door for anything. And it was warm. It was really warm. So I actually actually slept for a while. (laughs) But that that was like peak desperation. Needed to sleep. Been out for four days. No trains. Jeez, man. I've, well. i think I think at the time as well I had my phone stolen so I couldn't even do anything
1: <laughs> you've had a you've had a very eventful life in such a short time man
0: yeah it's damaged me
1: <laughs> it has man I hope you uh you're young in it like i'm twenty seven I have a bit of age 27.
0: yeah I thought you was like twenty three
1: no nah, no nah. I've got a bit of age on me now so it's <laughs> like I've been young I've been a young guy and i know how it is man you're finding your way but it's sick that you're um yeah. doing something that's making you feel that passion and you, that that thing might change over time but it's just important that you've got that like feeling of passion that'll will, that'll will drive you for the rest of your life
0: yeah i think the thing with life is everyone has <sighs> there's a quote i need to read this quote
1: yeah put that ah oh. You don't know how many people go through their whole lives without ever feeling that sort of feeling of just
0: passion. I feel so sorry for everyone that lives life without a passion or like a meaning. Mm. Because, so for me, if you have a passion that's so extreme like I am and and I'm so consistent with it, I feel like people get intimidated by that. But I feel, I don't know what to word what I'm trying to say. Mm. I, I, think that, I think the levels are different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, some, some,
0: that, people, some people could be passionate about painting or making, you know, like clay pots or something. And I'm passionate about climbing skyscrapers. It's, it's, it's a bit weird.
1: It is, but I feel like it's all you know. Having just a thing, it doesn't matter how wild it is. Like just having a thing that you obsess over and you love, it just gives life so much more meaning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this, dude. Oh, so I hope cool. I hope your uh, whole legal situation like goes okay. I'm hoping you you know, you get the best case scenario. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> it's just difficult having no money. Yeah, I can imagine and It's, it's it. difficult as well, not
0: knowing how to explain why you do things. It's mm. so hard to explain why I do what I do and how I'm able to do what I do. And people just don't, people either don't listen,
1: don't care, or don't try and understand. And it, it yeah. hurts. It really hurts. I bet, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'll do my best to try and put across what you've said as clearly as I can in this video. I'm, I'm hoping I can make this video and it not get, like, instantly age-restricted. I've got to be really careful with what I show, I think. Um, Yeah, it's so tricky. Even just as a documentarian, it's like they don't like me showing other people doing stuff. It's ridiculous.
0: Promoting the same
1: thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's how they see it. But yeah, man, it's been great chatting to you. Thank you so much for being like as open as you have been. I really do appreciate it, man. I hope to when I make this video do it as well as I can.
0: Yeah. If you've got any more questions,
1: yeah, I'll shoot over. Like if I need anything else, because I'll go through this and I'll mark it up and I'll like think yeah. there might be a few holes and things i have missed. So i'll shoot you a message yeah. on that but best of luck with the climb dude send me a picture yeah. when you do it <laughs>
0: uh well when i do it i'm gonna <clears throat> obviously i've got a crew that are taking pictures filming and i've got drones as well um when i do it i'm gonna have just my gopro and i'm gonna have a little film camera to take film pictures of going up because i love that format and i feel like it's a real picture that i can sell to raise money for something or mate yeah a for, picture
1: from the top of that is such a such a unique yeah. thing no one would ever have yeah handle. i was thinking about
0: selling it like at an auction and then donating everything to to the samaritans which is what i'm doing it for
1: sick dude well, that's a well. great idea
0: it's
1: such a you like no one you, if you sold that one picture no one else has got that view ever you know what i mean exactly and it's like a real thing as well it's like chemicals that have made
0: that picture of what's actually been seen it's i love. i just love the format
1: yeah, that's sick. Mate, I hope yeah. I hope everything works itself out. It's been fucking great chatting to you, dude. Appreciate your time, man. Yeah,
0: yeah man. If you want to come watch me calm the short, you're more than
1: welcome. <laughs> what date did you say? Was it the 13th? Like... It's either going to be
0: the 12th at sunrise or Saturday
1: or Sunday sunrise next week. So the 4th or the 5th. Oh, the 3rd or the 4th, sorry. I can't do then. I'm in Germany, but if it's the later date, then potentially it's it's yeah. tough. But that would be yeah, fucking amazing absolutely. to watch it. Yeah, I'll see if I'll see if Greg can go, and then I can get him to send me a picture. I think I think Greg's coming because I think I'm staying with him when I come down. Oh, sick. All right, cool. cool. Well, I'll do yeah. my best because I might be able to, if I can stay with Greg, then I might be able to work on my computer and then go see. So, yeah,
0: it'll be early oh. morning though, which is people don't people don't like that, but it's just the most.
1: way to get it done. (laughs) It is, yeah. All right, man. Great chance, y'all. Have a nice evening. Yeah, bro. I'm going to go get high. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) Peace, man. Nice one, bro. In a a bit,